Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Bill Solace continues his look at the ancient prophecy of Elam. Larry Stamm has a Messianic Minute, and Dr. Kenneth Hill has some encouraging thoughts for us as we get ready for the weekend. A big thank you to everyone who has begun to respond to our brand new Faithful Friends initiative. Faithful Friends are individuals and families who come alongside Watchmen on the Wall with a monthly financial gift. Whether it's $10 or $100 per month, it all goes to help Watchmen on the Wall continue to proclaim the truth. Our initial goal is to have 300 faithful friends supporting Watchmen on the Wall each month. Would you consider being one of the faithful 300? Call 1-800-652-1144 and find out the benefits of becoming a faithful friend today. 1-800-652-1144. Bill Solace returns to the microphone now with more insight into revealing the ancient prophecy of Elam. Does the Bible speak about an ancient prophecy that may pertain to Iran's nuclear program, which has vastly been overlooked? Where is Elam, and what is the ancient prophecy of Elam? Joining me again on the Watchman on the Wall to answer those questions is Bill Salas. Bill is a Bible prophecy teacher, author, and expert on Iran and the Middle East. He's written a book and produced a DVD, both of which are titled, Nuclear Showdown in Iran, Revealing the Ancient Prophecy of Elam. Bill, welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall. James, it's great to be back for show number two. Well, when you were on last time, we had mentioned this ancient prophecy. For those who missed that program, would you kind of review what we talked about yesterday? What is this ancient prophecy of Elam, and where is Elam? It's a prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 34 through 39. It's only six verses. They're pretty easy to lay out for the listeners. I'll do that real quickly. But before I do, Elam is located in Iran on the, it hugs the Persian Gulf. It's in west central Iran. And in historic times, as Jeremiah wrote about Elam around 596 BC in this prophecy, his contemporary Ezekiel, about 20 years later, wrote about Persia in a prophecy called Ezekiel 38. And that's the Gog and Magog invasion of Israel. So it's a separate prophecy. But both prophecies are to take place in the latter years. Jeremiah's prophecy, in Elam, there's a nuclear reactor there called the Bashar Nuclear Reactor. And it's a nuclear disaster waiting to happen. And it looks like that may be what happens in this prophecy. And we're all concerned because Iran is racing forward at an advanced point to get a nuclear weapon. They could be just a matter of weeks away. The concern is what happens in this prophecy is the Lord gets fiercely angry with the leadership of Iran because they want to launch something lethal, a missile, probably nuclear, somewhere. And we believe that would probably be Israel. It says he's going to break the bow of Elam and prohibit that from happening. And it says that's the foremost of their might, probably nuclear. So ballistic missiles that can get to Israel in under eight minutes, Iran already has. Apparently those are going to be dismantled on some level. As soon as it breaks the bubble, see what happens. But when that happens, it says it'll bring about a disaster, and the disaster has ramifications where it says all the exiles will be dispersed into the nations of the world. So whenever this bow gets broken and this disaster happens, it creates, it looks like a humanitarian crisis. 
as the indigenous population is forced to flee and says there'll be no nations where they don't go, plural, there'll be a worldwide dispersion. And it says that at the time it happens, Elam will be dismayed before their enemies and those who seek their life, Elam meaning Iran in that area, meaning they have a menu of enemies, not just Israel, but the Arab countries over there are concerned, Saudi Arabia, those around the Gulf there, Bahrain, the UAE, of course, that's why UAE and Bahrain got part of the Abraham Accords, because they wanted to have protection in part, you know, from Iran getting a nuclear weapon. And then it says that there'll be a military invasion, they'll send the sword, so in other words, sending the sword is the typology for a military invasion in the Bible. And then it says in the end times, there's some good news for the Iranians we brought forward, that uh, says the Lord will set his throne in Elam after this has all happened. And in the latter days, that's why we know it's the latter days prophecy, it says he will bring back the captives so that indigenous population had to flee. Some of those will get saved after the rapture, they will go through the tribulation, some of them will survive. And it says that he will bring back the captives and restore their fortunes to Elam. There are many Iranians coming to the Lord that are excited about this prophecy, they've heard about it. They've seen it on satellite TV with Hormuz Shariat on Iran Alive Ministries, I've been on that program fastest growing evangelical population in the world is going on in Iran right now with dreams, miracles, healings, visions. It's an exciting thing, but it's supernatural evangelism the Lord is doing over there, but they are familiar with this prophecy, and that's the nutshell version of what we talked about. Last time we also mentioned in this future war Iran's proxies. How will Iran's proxies be called into the war, and are these proxies in Bible prophecy? Well, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Iran will not go to war on its own, but will involve its proxies that they've got spread out through the Hezbollah in Lebanon, Syria. Of course, Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, is an agent of Iran. Mm -hmm. The Hamas as well in the Gaza. Even the Houthis now are boasting that they can lob precision-guided missiles as far as into television. There's also Iranian Shiite militias in Iraq also that would probably be called into the forum. And this is alarming because the drill that Israel just did, a military drill called the Chariots of Fire in May, was a four-week drill, very expensive. And the events of having to attack Iran and respond to retaliation of a proxy war, they prepared for this. And this drill, they're concerned about hundreds of Israeli casualties in this kind of proxy war. In this drill, they were preparing for over 1,500 missiles a day coming from the north, from Hezbollah. They also realized, this is an article in Press TV back in May of 2019, Gaza, the Hamas, says they can match Hezbollah fire and a thousand missiles today. Some of them are precision guided that Hezbollah has. They've got about 150,000 missiles, some precision guided. In this report came out with NPR in February of 2019. After the Syrian revolution, it says more than 300 chemical attacks were launched during the Syrian civil war, a study says. So in other words, Syria still has chemical weapons, and they're not afraid to use them. So you, you can imagine missiles coming in at thousands from the north, thousands from the Gaza, Maybe the Houthis getting involved. Syria throwing in chemical weapons, depending what military power Iran still has at that time, depending what this prophecy dismantles. This is a massive war, and Israel's, I think it ultimately leads to the destruction of Damascus, which is a prophecy in Isaiah 17. Israel gets compelled in the midst of this onslaught that's coming at them to actually have to take out a major Syrian city, and it says that happens overnight in Isaiah 17, verse 14. It says, one night you see him speaking of Damascus and the masculine pronoun, the Syrian capital city. But in the morning, he is no more. This is the portion of those who rob us and those who plunder us, meaning what Isaiah was saying is that 
Israel has, in self-defense, has to respond by taking out a city overnight. Not just a city, but the oldest continuously inhabited city in recorded history. In Isaiah 17.1, it says, Damascus will cease from being a city. It will be a ruinous heap. It will be reduced to rubble. And Isaiah 17.9 says, in that day, meaning the day of Damascus' destruction, his strong cities, plural, will be its forsaken bow and an uppermost branch which they left because of the children of Israel and there will be desolation, meaning the Israeli Defense Forces are responsible for the destruction of Damascus, which I just said can happen overnight. Now, Israel has the strategic nuclear weapons that can take out a city overnight and yet do it in such a way where it doesn't contaminate the whole Middle East, depending on the burst altitude of where they launch that nuclear weapon. So this is what we're looking at right now, James. I mean, we're looking at, we could wake up one morning and this war could be going on, a proxy war, Israel's preparing for it, the end of last year, Defense Minister Benny Gantz told the White House that they are preparing an invasion of Iran. So this is not just random rumors of war. This is looking like it's going to heat up into a major war that could have proxies involved and lead to the destruction of a major city. Well, you said that Israel was preparing for this war. When I was in the army, I did some training with the Israeli military, and I know they're probably one of the best militaries in the world. How will Israel fare in a major war with Iran and its allies? Well, it looks like as we read the Isaiah 17 prophecy, we don't want to skip over easily verses 4 through 6, which talks about in that day that this battle of confrontation is going on that involves Syria. It says the glory of Jacob will fade. In other words, Jacob was renamed Israel in the book of Genesis, so we're talking about Israel. It's going to fade. It says the fatness of his flesh will become lean. And he goes on and gives examples, uh, harvest examples. It'll be like a reaper gathering standing grain. There'll be some gleanings in it, but it'll be like a shaking of an olive tree, two or three olives left, four or five on the fruitful boughs. So he starts talking about grain. He gets into grapes, gleanings. He's giving us an imagery of Israel goes into this conflict healthy. He's got glory, but the fatness of the land and the flesh become lean as a result of this war. And ultimately, in that condition, it compels Israel to destroy the city. And the imageries he uses of an olive tree, you know, the olive trees are very indigenous in the Middle East and in Israel. They can grow up to 50 feet, and a large tree could have in the neighborhood of a half million olives on it. He's saying that when this happens, it would be like a severe shaking inside of Israel, and the uppermost bough will be just have two or three olives on it and four or five on the fruitful tree. If you implant a olive tree, superimpose it over a map of Israel, the uppermost bough would be the northern part of Israel, which would be hit hard. And what happened to all the 400,000 plus olives is just a few left. So it looks like Israel gets severely hit in this war, and how can they not, even though they have defense systems, Iron Dome, etc. They can't stop 2,000, 3,000 missiles coming in in a day. They, they can only take out the ones they can, especially if there's chemical weapons involved and that sort of thing. So I suspect the prophet Isaiah is telling us Israel does take a hit. It gets into a prison rules fight, and it compels Israel to destroy a major Arab city, the city of Damascus. Now, when that happens, I think the Arab world is going to go into an uproar. You're going to have concerns about what, what's the next city Israel can take out. Would it be Beirut and Lebanon? Would it be Amman, Jordan? Would it be Cairo and Egypt? Would it be Mecca and Saudi Arabia or Riyadh? And I think that raises a great concern and may lead to the Psalm 83 prophecy because Israel will be wounded at that point 
and the Arabs could try to capitalize on Israel's glory fading and flesh becoming lean and becoming a leaner nation. I'm James Collins, and I'm visiting today with Bill Salas about his book and DVD, Nuclear Showdown in Iran. You can purchase a copy right now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Now, Bill, you became well-known for your teaching on the Psalm 83 war, and you mentioned that the Isaiah 17 prophecy of the destruction of Damascus could lead to that Arab-Israeli war that's prophesied in Psalm 83. For those who aren't familiar with the Psalm 83 war, would you bring us up to speed on that? Yeah, it's 18 verses written by Asaph, who was a worship leader for King David. This was 3,000 years ago, and he was also a prophet, we're told, in several verses. And he wrote 12 psalms, and the most prophetic was Psalm 83, and it talks about an Arab confederacy coming together, forming a devious plan, he lists who they are, and they're all the countries that share common borders with Israel. And it says they want to come together, form a confederacy, and their goal is to cut the nation of Israel off, that the name of Israel will be remembered no more. They want to wipe Israel off the map. Now, these are a group of nations that form an inner circle of countries around Israel, not like Ezekiel 38, which is not a ring of countries, that none of them share common borders with Israel. But this is a different grouping, and it includes the Palestinian refugees, Palestinians. It includes the Hezbollah in Lebanon. It includes Syria, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, the Hamas, other terrorist groups associated in those areas would also be involved. And it's very descriptive prophecies that actually Israel wins in a war against this confederacy. In the Psalm 83 book, I point out all the prophecies related to the Psalm 83 prophecies, about 150 peripheral verses connected with this, and one of them is it involves Jordan, as in Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 2, and this is why I think Jordan will be concerned when they see Damascus go up and be reduced to rubble, because the Mount Jordan is next. It says in Jeremiah chapter 49, 2, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will cause to be heard an alarm of war in Rabbah of the Ammonites. That's where Amon Jordan is, the capital of Jordan. And it shall be a desolate mound, and her villages shall be burned with fire. And Israel shall take possession of his inheritance, says the Lord, because Abraham was promised in Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, from the river of Egypt to Nile, all the way to the river Euphrates, which courses through modern-day Iraq and Syria. So Jordan is within those measurements. So Jordan's going to be next, it looks like, and that's for their involvement in the Psalm 83 war, it appears to be a connecting prophecy. Also says in Zephaniah 2, another camera angle on the the destruction of Ammon, Jordan. I've heard the reproach of Moab, this is Zephaniah 2, verses 8 and 9. Moab would be central Jordan. I've heard the insults of the people of Ammon, that would be northern Jordan. But they've reproached my people, that would be the Jews. And they've made arrogant threats against their Jewish borders. But the residue of my people shall plunder them, and the remnant of my people shall possess them. So the Israeli Defense Forces will plunder them, and the Israelis will start to move in and expand territorially, and then next Jordan, they're going to start moving in incrementally into their promised land. Now, they won't get all that promised land, which you could actually fit 36 Israels, the size of Israel today, into that measurements of that promised land. And they'll get that all when Jesus Christ returns and sets up his kingdom and the Messianic kingdom. But I think they're going to annex territory incrementally. Also, they'll move into the Gaza, Cordova, Diah 1, verses 18 and 19. Southern Lebanon, they'll take over the Golan, the West Bank, 
Isaiah 19, 18 says, Five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan, which is Hebrew. So it looks like they move a little bit into Egypt a little bit as well. I document all of this in that Psalm 83 book, The Missing Prophecy Revealed, How Israel Becomes the Next Mideast Superpower. Bill, in Nuclear Showdown in Iran, you asked the question, what's next, Psalm 83 or Ezekiel 38? How did you answer that question? I don't believe it's going to be Ezekiel 38 because the prerequisite conditions in Ezekiel 38 that have to be met, some of them are not met. There's got to be a peaceful people brought out of the nations of the world, out of persecution. Now those get check marks. Yes, that's been happening since 1948. But they have to be a peaceful people dwelling securely in unwalled villages with no walls, bars, or gates, and in receipt of great prosperity, booty, and plunder, because that's the motive that entices Russia and its coalition in Ezekiel 38 to come after him into Israel for plunder and booty. But Israel's got walls all around it. They've got two walls to the north in Lebanon. they got a wall around, even in Jordan, set down by the Sinai. The Hamas are fenced off. There's a partition wall that runs through the middle of Israel, 403 miles long, that keeps Palestinian terror out of Israel proper. At some points, that's 20 feet high, filled with concrete. Those conditions aren't met yet, but they will be met after Israel takes a victory destroys Damascus, destroys them on Jordan, wins the Somebody through war, expands territorially, they can tear down those walls, and Israel will have been hurt, we talked about in Isaiah 17, so they'll be inviting more Aliyah from Jews throughout the world, especially in America, when Israel's a safer place, and they'll tear down the walls, they'll try to become the wealthy nation that Russia comes after in Ezekiel 38. So I think the sequence has to be Iran's war with Jeremiah 49 in Law leads to destruction of Damascus. Now, this is my speculation, but this is on, on my radar. That's how I lay it out. That leads to Psalm 83, as the Arab countries get concerned. That leads to destruction of Jordan, the expansion of Israeli territory into Jordan and parts of Egypt, take over the West Bank, the Golan, and then they move forward and have a lot of Aliyah come with respects to Jews throughout the world, and then Israel becomes a safe dwelling place that we see described in Ezekiel chapter 38. I really appreciate your ministry, and I hope that you'll come back on The Watchman on the Wall for another visit very soon. Absolutely, James. I'd love to. The complete two-day presentation on the ancient prophecy of Elam with Bill Solace is available on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Are today's headlines telling us what's about to happen in the world? Find out in Bill Solace's book and DVD, both entitled Nuclear Showdown in Iran, Revealing the Ancient Prophecy of Elam. Order these explosive resources today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Time for a Messianic Minute with author and teacher Larry Stamm. 
Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here with the Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. From antiquity, the cornerstone was primary for any structure. The Bible describes Jesus metaphorically as the cornerstone his church would be built upon. Isaiah prophesies of Messiah as the cornerstone, including Isaiah 28:16, where God says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation a tried stone, a precious cornerstone. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, Paul declares believers are being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Thank God for the cornerstone, Jesus, our Lord. For more connections, visit our website at LarryStam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. Check out all of Larry Stam's books and DVDs over on our website, swrc.com. Now, here is Ministry President Dr. Kenneth Hill with some encouragement from God's Word. Well, it's always good to come in and say hi meet new people and we have a new listeners packet for you if you're a new listener to the watchman on the wall broadcast we've got all sorts of stuff to give you including some of our books we're happy to share those with you when we can we do that and we're glad to have you listening today people are having trouble with everything And it's making trouble for everybody. It's really a difficulty. And so I ask you to pray for us. Pray for us here at this ministry, at Southwest Radio Church Ministries, at Prophecy in the News. This ministry, it goes around the world many times every day. And it's available to anyone who wants to listen free of charge. But the problem is, it costs us to do the work. Now, it may be free to you, but it costs us to do what needs to be done so we can share the gospel and share the message of the end times with those who would listen. You get the picture? We need your help. You are important to us. We are not begging for ourselves, we are asking you to consider what God would have you to do to help us reach others with the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be long, and the time will be over, and we'll be in eternity. And when that happens, you're going to turn to whomever it is that's there with you, And you're going to say, what happened? (laughs) Oh, you'll know. You'll know what happened. But it will get to be a very interesting subject as you look at the time. And there is no time. It's eternity. It's going to be amazing, the changes that take place. And God is going to be the author of those changes. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a wonderful time. Well, we hear at our ministries that God's put in our hands to work in, we believe very, very surely that God is using us in these last days to tell others the truth. 
We are also very concerned about those who are not interested in what we have interest in. Oh, I know you're not going to be interested 100% in everything that I'm interested in, but in the most important things, you need to be interested in those things just as we need to be interested in them. We need to both be interested in the latter days, in the end times, and the time that's coming, because Christ Jesus our Lord will soon be returning. We want folks to come to faith in Christ. We want people to get the message. We want them to know the truth. We want them to come to Christ. Come to Christ Jesus, our Lord. And my friend, we want you to consider what God would have you to do to support Southwest Radio Church and the ministry of prophecy in the news and the truth of giving out the gospel. We want you to be involved in that. We want you to take it upon yourself as God leads you to give to the work of Southwest Radio Church. Well, there's a lot to be done, and Father, I know there's more to be done than we've got time to do it or people to do it. You told us that the fields were white into harvest, and you told us that the laborers were few, but there was much to be gathered in. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to find the wheat and winnow it properly so that the wheat would be saved and the chaff would be destroyed. But Father, we thank you for allowing us to pray with this multitude of people who are praying right now. Here we have the opportunity of praying with thousands, and we thank you for that ministry of good news. And we thank you for what you're going to do We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Nuclear Showdown in Iran, The Ancient Prophecy of Elam by Bill Solace is a nonfiction thriller taking the reader on a journey of discovery through the eyes of the prophets and the minds of today's key national players. Can anything good come from the evil that is about to befall us? The ancient prophecy of Elam will reveal what God has ordained, what the prophets saw, and what you need to know and do now. Order Nuclear Showdown in Iran, The Ancient Prophecy of Elam by Bill Solace when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. We are excited to announce that our website, swrc.com, now has over 1,000 items listed in our resource center. Brand new books and DVDs on biblical prophecy, as well as classics back in print, in some cases for the first time in decades. Past issues of the Prophecy in the News magazine, books by J.R. Church, DVDs and CDs from the vast library of both Watchmen on the Wall and Prophecy in the News. 
visit swrc.com and check out all of the wonderful items. Free shipping on all orders over $100. swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Catch up on all Watchmen on the Wall programs on our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to the Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Both the app and podcast are great ways to take Watchmen on the Wall with you wherever you go. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.